everybody, and welcome back to We've Got Mail. This is the podcast here at the Critically Acclaimed Network, where you control the conversation. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic for The Wrap. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic. I write for Slash Film. Uh, I don't have a nickname, although you may call me Rockmeister McCool, if which, you wish. Which makes it a nickname, but anyway. Uh, I suppose so. Uh, this is our letters podcast here at the Critically Acclaimed Network. Here's how it works. You write us an email, or perhaps a piece of physical snail mail, if you will, uh, and we read them on the air. Uh, our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. And Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Yeah, you can send us an actual physical letter to the uh, Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. And uh, we like to start with our P.O. Box uh, letters. People went to the extra added effort. Uh, to to write things out longhand or print them out and mail them out, uh, and uh, we we recorded our last episode, our post Christmas episode, uh, back when the the, mail, the post office was uh, still closed and we hadn't checked our PO box in a couple of days, <laughs> and it turns out we got some we got we, some we stuff, got some letters, People we got quite a few things. So uh, uh, we thought we would uh, we would start with that, and there's quite and a few. So we'll yeah, get let's just them, get started. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I need to rescue this box first of all. I, I yeah. uh, we got a cardboard box, yes, uh, of actual package in the mail, which is very kind, very kind, uh, from uh, someone calling themselves Lord Laxton. Thank you, Lord. Thank Laxton. you, Lord. La- thank you. But as you can imagine, Lord, since uh, we have cats, the cats are interested the cats in the box. We're immediately leaping into the box. I'm going to pick up this box right away. <laughs> you can probably hear the the shuffling of the the box here. Yeah. But here's a, a printed letter that came inside from Lord Laxton. Greetings, dynamic duo of digital discourse. Oh, we'd have to say that like uh, William Dozier. Uh, Greetings, dynamic duo of digital discourse. Uh, I wanted to thank you for all the excellent programs you provide through your network. While my opinions sometimes may differ from yours, I am always eager to hear your perspectives. We don't expect you to agree. Thank you very much. Uh, As a sign of gratitude, I'm enclosing something to commemorate one of the weirdest moments of the Batman 1966 TV series. Now you can relive the Batman-Riddler fight from Ring Around the Riddler in the comfort of your own homes... Enjoy, and I look forward to your future shows. Uh, best wishes, Lord Laxton. Um, okay, so... Okay, uh, what do we got here? We have not opened this before. So, yeah, this, We're is, opening this for the first time. Uh, there's something in here the... that's wrapped in... Gonna, there's going to be a lot of ripping sound, so if you, yeah. you're, you're fond of that sound, you're going to get a lot of it. Why don't we just use some scissors? Some scissors make it, here. Make it's, it's a lot of... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll work with the bubble here. wrap later. Yeah. <laughs> not on the... Not yeah. on the you know, therapy is really expensive, but popping bubble wrap is not. Very, very, very expensive. So, okay, let's open up this bubble. Oh my goodness! What is it? It's, it's a, <laughs> it's a Frank Gor. It's a doll. It's a toy. Oh my god! A Frank Gorshin as the Riddler, but Frank Gorshin as the Riddler wearing uh, the boxing outfit. <laughs> So he's, he's wearing uh, pink boxing trunks yeah. and boxing gloves. Oh my god, that's and amazing! As well as. Adam West as Batman in the same boxing regalia. Oh my god, yeah. Ba- Batman yeah. in his boxing trunks on the Riddler. Oh my god, these are oh, wonderful. Is, these are great. These are these so are great. Oh, oh my god, gosh. thank you. These are really cool. I always loved when Adam West, uh, like, he had to put on something over his yeah. Batman outfit. Like his surf shorts yeah. when he surfed the Riddler. And and they come with fight noises. No, no, no surfed the Joker, sorry. Yeah. Plastic fight noises as well. That's fun. Uh, Batman comes with a biff and a thunk. I like and that. And the Riddler uh, comes with an ouch and a wham. It's funny, you know, I used to like action figures when I was a kid, like, you know, yeah, kids yeah. do. Uh, but I feel like action figures have become a far more, uh, like, 
They're a collector's market. Yeah, now. more of a collector's yeah. market. And so I really like this trend now where we're getting more and more action figures of more and more obscure things. <laughs> like, here's this one version of Spider-Man that was only in one issue of the comic. But now it's like a $25 really awesomely sculpted action figure. And I occasionally <laughs> I, I, watch, I blame, like... Uh, I blame the Funko industry for yeah. that. The Funko well, Pop industry. Funko did that, but also the, a lot of, like, uh, Marvel has, like, a, uh, uh, a toy line where they're getting increasingly detailed and yeah, okay. more deep dive characters. And every once in a while I'll watch um, it's, I think it's called Secret Galaxy now But it was called Toy Galaxy for a while And they do like mm. action figure reviews And I would say to myself You know, I'm 40 I have to budget my money very very differently Than I did when I was younger uh-huh. uh, But I want that action figure That looks cool <laughs> So uh, I, don't, I don't have it's, many yeah, action I, uh, figures I have a Squirrel Girl action figure Which I have yet to take out of the box But it is on display in my living room right. I got that for Christmas I think last year But um, yeah. yeah I don't have many But I love those So thank you That's very kind of you yeah, I've, I've got a few uh, We got a few collectible statues From uh, Full Moon Entertainment Oh yeah those we, are cool. we, we interviewed uh, Charles Band once uh, Back for our old podcast mm-hmm. And he gave us some uh, Rather they, unsavory looking uh, yeah. devices we can put on our they, desk. They had to be a warehouse with some of their old merch. And I have an evil bong yeah. on display in my living room right now, which I think was the last one that they had, yeah, which is very cool. I, I can't say the name of the character. Again. No, so they're, they're <laughs> some very offensive things. Yeah. Well, yeah. pointedly so. That was the point of the Yeah, it was. But also, but yeah. not cool. Anyway, but thank you so much for those, those wonderful things. But we yeah. have more stuff to We open. do. Um, in fact, we got a second package here. Okay. And uh, this one is in a big flat package. Interesting. Let's see if there's a letter in here. There is. Okay. Ooh, it's handwritten. Um, uh, it's a Holiday Times 2022. Dear CA Partners of Fams. Fams. Okay. Like the family. Okay. Uh, I couldn't afford two, but it felt an irresistible urge to send it anywho with warmest regards and a general shout out to one of the greatest films ever made, Ruthless People, in case you uh, read this on the air, uh, Gary. So, okay. thank you, Gary. And thank what you, is Gary. We have no idea what it is yet. We haven't so opened it up. Let's take a look. Something flat. Oh, <laughs> it is a wall calendar for hey! 2023. Star Trek Cats of the USS Enterprise. Oh my god, I love it. It's um, portraits of scenes from various Star Trek programs. Oh my god. But the human actors have been replaced by cats, including, uh, if you look down here, Armus, the tar oh monster god. that killed Tasha Yar oh in cat form. <laughs> Okay, so we've got uh, yeah. we've got a Spock cat. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've got a Q from Encounter at Farpoint. Okay. Uh, we have Kirk versus the Gorn. The Gorn is still a reptile. It, is it a Gorn or is it like an animal? It's an actual Gorn. Well, the Gorn is an animal, so I guess that's why they thought it was fine. Oh, okay. Uh, we've got an away team with Guinan. I assume that's from a specific episode, but I don't recognize right. it. Uh, there's uh, the episode of the original series where they had that one dog with the horn on it. Okay. That's actually a dog. They left that in. All right. Uh, here's uh, Jordy and Data as Sherlock Holmes and Watson, <laughs> which is adorable. Uh, it's Kirk covered in tribbles. Uh, I don't recognize... Had, had it, what, what's this us. one right here with like I thought for a second yeah. it was Obsession but it's Next Generation clearly. Oh, that's... that's uh, Well, it's, it's a hairless cat. So that's clearly Picard. Okay. And um, 
this is from an episode called Timescape. We haven't watched it yet on okay. our podcast, but he's next to a, a warp core breach that's frozen in time. Oh. And he because he's wearing a device so he can wander through this time-frozen area, he uh. starts to go a little loopy, and he draws a smiley face in the cloud of the warp core breach. So he does that in the show? He does that in the show. That's very so specific. That, that's that's, that's very a, a scene from Timescape. Right, what else have we got on the uh, We have row. City on the Edge of Forever. They're looking at a saber-toothed cat through the, the Guardian of Forever. Nice. We have a, a data cat with oh. like a p- panel of its head missing. So yeah, with the, like the little the diodes and stuff inside. inside. That's cool. Yeah, then there's the Armis cat. It's a cat-shaped tar monster. Uh-huh. And, oh, isn't this cute? Is it Inner Light? No, this what is, is um, this is from the episode Relics where they brought back Scotty. Oh! But what I find cute is that Scotty the, is a Scottish fold, the, <laughs> the breed of cat. That's really cute. Well done indeed. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. That's lovely. We will, that is, we that will, is really we will, great. We will, we will, oh, um, and the Gorn is just a Gorn. Yeah, the Gorn's just a Gorn. Well, the Gorn's, again, it's a reptile. They oh, left the dog a dog. Oh, and like, when this, it lives, the Gorn, the Gorn. this one, the away mission where, uh, with Guinan. Uh-huh. Is that the one where they go back in time? No, it's the one where they turned into kids so that they're actually oh. little. Oh, little so the kittens. Kit, they're little kittens. Oh, my God, that's that adorable. Episode, so. <laughs> okay, that is adorable. That is really, really cute. I forgot about that episode. I haven't, mm. Again, we're rewatching them all on our uh, mm. Star Trek podcast on patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. But we haven't gotten to the one where they go back in time and become kids again. That's they don't go adorable. back in time. They just are. They turn. I'm oh, sorry. I, just the transporter accident. I vaguely remember de- that episode. De-ages a couple of the characters. I think I saw that episode when it originally aired, and I haven't yeah. watched it since. So it's vague memory. So that's lovely. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. So my wall calendars. <laughs> so cool. I, I I love wall calendars. They're it's, fun. It's always a. Uh, uh, such a headache to select the right one yeah and we found some really fun ones but we also have a seven-year-old in the house so we can't have like salacious pulp book novel no, covers like, like you know like, like here's a sexy you know, like, you know noir detective novel yeah, kind of like, vibe yeah yeah so kind it's of, like like a woman with like her, her dress is barely hanging on a shirtless guy with yeah. a gun like we can't put that on our wall no that'd be, that'd be inappropriate uh so what we have right now, we, we ended up settling on uh, images from the Hubble telescope. So like cool. the actual cosmos. That's very, very cool. Yeah. All right. But we also have uh, some cards. Yeah, we got some uh, some other letters in the, the mailbox as well. So okay. let me just go through some of these. Great. Here is, uh, and, and you get to hear me again, like mm-hmm. riffling through. The lay some other. Here's a card. Uh, it's two snow people mm. and uh, next to a dog. Uh-huh. And one of them is missing a, lar- a sizable chunk out, out of the, the bottom and it's covered with urine. And the caption is, you wanted a dog, you walk him. Ah. Also, the, uh, his arm is missing. The dog has pulled yeah. off his... Because his the arm is a stick. Stick arm. Yeah, get it? And peed on it's him. And, yeah. I like it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> happy holidays. Ah, that's yeah. fun. So it's, uh, those Pulitzer winners over at uh, <laughs> Grading Card Companies. Uh, to, uh, oh, and this, was, this one's to you. Oh, lovely. So you can read that one. Uh, to William DeBiani, here's a holiday haiku for you. Will Bibiani, Mistletoe, and Catnip Soap, Hallmark Robocop. (laughs) I love it. To Dante Bibiani, here's a holiday haiku for you. Hey, Dante, buddy. Get off the screen door, Dante. Dante flavored soap. That is adorable. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Nice. And and there's a, a letter as well okay. uh, from Joshua C. Thank you, Joshua C. Right. Um, if the sight and sound overlord, oh, it's a sight and sound letter. That's great. Let's in, do in, it. In longhand. Uh, if the sight and sound overlords had asked me to submit my top ten greatest movies ever made, this would be my list. Mind you, I'm 237 years old, so my list might be different from others. Fair enough. Uh, number ten, Onibaba, 1964. Oh, I love Onibaba. I'm so good. I don't think I've seen Onibaba. 
You can keep your Walt Whitman, give me Kaneto Shindo's Bloody Leaves of Grass. Uh, the movie takes place, it's almost like this fantasy universe where mm-hmm. everybody lives in this gigantic field of waving grasses, mm. and it's like above their heads, and it's constantly waving in the wind and hissing. Yeah. And that's just the whole movie. Creepy. It's really, really wonderful. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Akira, 1988. Tetsuo, influential anime. Uh, just in all, all caps there. Yeah. Um, number eight, Boys in the Hood, 1991. Ooh, After school. After school special, maybe, but talking about racism shouldn't be subtle. It should be like Ice Cube screaming up in your face. That movie's great. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Number seven, Matilda from 1998. Interesting choice. Uh, to quote the great Whitney Seibold, everyone should go to the library and you'll be charming and have telekinesis like Matilda. <laughs> <clears throat> the most perfect. Uh, the movie perfectly encapsulates the imagination and the fears of a child. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number six is Roma in 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, protagonist... Uh, Many have met for the first time. One I've known is my own abuela or tia, but now I've seen her, been in her shoes and cried her tears. And for that, I thank you, Roma. That's nice. Uh, number five, uh, Habana Station, 2011. I don't know this movie. I don't know that one. Another after-school special, maybe, but a hidden treasure that few have seen, but I would absolutely be universally loved as it hits familiar beats on rare social classes through the lens of two boys in Cuba. Interesting. Uh, I'll look this it's up. It's a Cuban film. Hab- no, Habana Station. Yeah, all one word. Yeah, that's interesting. And, uh, number four, Waking Life, 2001. Great movie. Excellent choice. Love that movie. Uh, any Richard Linklater film could be on this list, but this film has all of his favorite philosophical ideas coming at you at once in the most abstract way. Uh, number three, Network, 1976. Awesome. Movie. Ahead of its time and unfortunately modern. Great, greatest written film of all time as well. Uh it's timely, but Network is weirdly kind of dated in that what was once considered really outrageous, we've mm. already outstripped in real life. No. Like it was supposed to be fictionally t- over the top, and mm. now we've gone past But that I think point. if you watch it today, it's like uh, <clears throat> it's like opening a time capsule and realizing that they predicted the future. Yeah. So yeah. it's still very powerful, yeah. Uh, number two, The Red Balloon, oh, 1956. Nice Simple and epic all at once. And number one, Space Jam! Just, just kidding, Whitney. Oh, okay. <laughs> the greatest film ever made, however, is a jam out of space. It's 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. 1968. No, Nicely no explanation done. needed. Masterpiece. Thank you guys for all that you do. Much love, Josh. From now on, whenever anyone brings up 2001, I'm going to say, "Oh, you mean a jam out of space?" <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I really do love that. That's my um, space jam. Yeah. For 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 those of you tuning in for the first time, uh-huh. uh, we don't have very rosy views of the movie Space Jam. No, we consider it quite bad, actually. Yeah. Space, we just... Space Jam is like, I consider it like one of the low points of blockbuster filmmaking. At the very least, it's it's studio filmmaking at its most cynical. Yeah, yeah. and it, even it, though it's, even it's though like it's trying to be very upbeat, a product. yeah, even though it's trying to be upbeat, it's it's mm. one of the most cynical movies ever made, and yeah. uh, it's also not very well made. And then so, made sorry, I know some people love it, but anyway. Anyway, uh, here's enough. We'll go to the next letter. Let me okay, let's open do some it. Of these things. Yeah, these are cards. This is wonderful. Ooh, wonderful. Thank this you. is a Christmas card. Oh, it's just like puppies nested by the fire next Aww. to some Christmas gifts. That's nice. And the inside says, sending you warmest Hollywood Hollywood holiday greetings <laughs> to you and your family. From our family to yours, Topher. This is from Topher. Oh, hi. Thanks, Topher. I love how you managed to Freudian slip Hollywood in there. Ho- well, that's uh, that's my own, own issue, I suppose. Yeah. And there's also a letter inside the card. Okay, let's read so it. Let's read this one. Feels very Christmassy, like we're opening nice. all these I wish, I wish we'd gotten so. these before Christmas. Uh, 
Dear uh, Dear Bibbs and RM Mixy, Rockmeister McCool. I get me. it. I hope this finds you both well. It did. It found us. Yeah. Um, I enclose for your consideration my sight and sound photos. <laughs> As in keeping with your theme, uh, this is in no particular order except for number one. That's our the way we do things. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we don't like to rank. Like, seven is better than eight. That doesn't matter, really. Once it's, you get into the minutiae, it's not very important. You know, we're all recommending all these movies. Yeah. So, so uh, number uh, the tenth one, Metropolis, 1927. Ah, Visually stunning, amazing sets. I do like the rock soundtrack uh, much that was added much later. The uh, Giorgio Moroder. Giorgio uh, Moroder uh, released what was at the time the most complete version of Metropolis then assembled. Although since then we found a lot more footage and it's a more complete yeah. film. Uh, but yeah, there's a really, really awesome, fun version of Metropolis from the 80s featuring music from like Pat Benatar and Freddie Mercury. And it's mm. pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I like that movie. I like that version a lot. Uh, number nine, The Scarlet Pimpernel from 1934. Uh, this is the first. Is this the first superhero movie? The play predates the first publication of Zorro by 13 years. Mm. Plus a fun dang movie. Uh, I, I, have you read The Scarlet Pimpernel? Uh, no, but I'm familiar with the story. Yeah. Uh, Madame Morksy, I think, is the author. Um, yeah. Related honorable, honorable mention, Die Hard, for codifying a genre <laughs> and the only 80s movie on my list. Uh, mm. But to skip ahead to number eight, Harvey. 1950. Oh, nice. uh, Elwood P. Dowd is my yeah. hero for quote how how to just be a good person. That's a wonderful uh, film. Number seven, Bye Bye Birdie. Ooh, that's, Inter- a fun that's an interesting choice. I love that 1963. Musical. Populist, yes, but an amazing look at American culture and the changing family dynamic in the face of rock and roll. Mm. Um, uh, it's it's a very bizarre show. Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> it is. It's a very yeah. 60s movie, but it's actually really it's quite a delight actually. Okay, uh, and I'm a huge fan of all the musical numbers. It's a great film. Mm. Uh, number six, Doctor Zhivago, nineteen sixty-five. Never seen that movie. I, I I've, need I, to get around. To I that. saw the first hour and I never completed it. Well, just we're going to because of circumstances. Well, we have to get to it when we do our Oscars podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did it well, win? So or was it just mentioned. nominated? Uh, Doctor Zhivago won. It won. Okay, yeah. I'm not crazy. All right. Uh, epic filmmaking and a heartbreaking story of a society in the midst of upheaval and how the concerns of two people don't amount to a hill of beans. Ha! Uh, number five, what's up, Doc? Hooray, what's up? Ah, uh, one of the funniest One of the damn greatest comedies ever filmed, period. Yeah, yeah. so dang funny. Uh, number four, The Sting, 1973. Oh, the granddaddy of the con movie with a related honorable mention in Ocean's Eleven. Perfectly acted, perfectly shot. Mm. Uh, number three, Spirited Away. Awesome 2001. Movie. I wanted to include an animated feature on my list, and this is the most perfect animated movie I know. Uh, number two, Arrival from 2016. Awesome. A bold choice. Uh this movie is about so many things. Fear, the concept of language, the love of a parent, the meaning of time. This is a major thought provoker. Yeah, I really like Arrival. Mm. And at number one, Casablanca. Ah. Uh, my favorite movie of all time and a beautiful telling of love, conflict, of becoming a better man. And Rick taught me how to dress. <laughs> huh. Uh what? Uh, and related honorable mention to Casablanca, Hanover Street from 1979. I haven't seen that one. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Uh, one of the most beautiful wartime love stories. It really hit me. Thank you for your review, uh, and I wish you I wish you the best in the new year. Friend of the podcast, Topher the Elder. Topher the Elder has been listening to our show for a very long, long time, time, and we are very yeah. grateful for them. We hope you had a wonderful holiday, and thank you so much for the lovely card. And yeah. for the record, uh-huh. Dr. Zhivago did not win oh. Best Picture. It was nominated. Oh, what uh, one that year? It was, hold on a second, I picked the wrong Academy Awards. This is the one that was in that year and the one that was for the that year, the year after. So I picked the wrong uh, one, but one second here. Dr. Zhivago. Was, was it West Side Story that year? I think it was West Side Story, but All let me right. double check. Oh, Sound of Music. Sound of Music won that year. Yeah, the nominees right. that year were A Thousand Clowns, A Ship of Fools, Dr. Zhivago, Darling, and the winner was Sound of Music. So, okay. Yeah, so 
Between Dr. Zhivago, which yeah. people forget was a massive blockbuster. Well, as was The Sound of Music. Those as was The Sound of Music. If you would just for inflation, those are still two of the highest grossing films domestically in American history. Yeah, like, uh, like they're both in the top 20. It, yeah, yeah, it's enormously successful films. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was yeah. it won a bunch, but it didn't win Best Picture. Well, I, well, I put my foot in my mouth. I just no, said Dr. Right. Anyway, here's, here's another card. Okay. Nice crinkle to it. And this one has Snoopy on the envelope. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Everyone likes Snoopy. You know what? The, the fun thing about the Peanuts characters yeah. is, despite how overexposed they are, uh-huh. like they've been licensed to death. Oh, yeah. You can get Peanuts anything. Pretty much. Yet somehow when you read those original strips, there's there's still like a... a all the innocence is still there. Yeah, it's, it was, like the, uh, the art the still has its really power. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, some people like can look at Garfield... Yeah. And I say Garfield's been licensed to death as well, but a lot of people are really cynical about Garfield. It's like Garfield, yeah. ah, whatever, Garfield. They yeah. dismiss Garfield. Garfield still has some good material in him. I had, anyway. But Gar- yeah. Garfield was my first love in the, the funny paper. Oh, for so. me it was Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, look, it got a, hey, a glittery, snowy card. Oh, that's uh, It has, fun. like, multiple layers to get to open oh, up. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Peanuts characters dancing around a tree. Oh, man, and it opens up, and they're doing more dance moves. It says, thank you for the wonderful shows. Best wishes in the new year. Uh, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Mike, that's a wonderful card. Yeah. I love that card. May I see that? Yeah, sure. Thank so you. you. got a Christmas yeah, what card. What a fun card. And there's no letter in this one. It's just yeah. a card. Well, but that's all you need. Yeah. It's a wonderful sentiment. Yeah, thank you so sweet. much. This is so fun. Yeah. Oh my god! Let's see. What a treat! Uh, here's an. Uh, you know what? Here's another card from uh, the same person. Um, oh no, from Josh from earlier. Uh, oh okay. This is. Um, it's another dog card. Uh, one dog is out in the snow saying, "My paws are frozen." A shorter dog is saying, "Man, I wish that was my only problem." Because it's a shorter dog. It's a shorter dog, dog, and it's, dog, the, and it's, it's more a, it's more a dog. Deeply, uh, deeply. Yeah, that that tracks. Snow. Uh, and this one says to Whitney Seibold. So oh, there you go. So you have a card as well. Uh, yeah. here, here's a holiday haiku for you. Rockmeister McCool, sitting on John Waters' lap, melted porno flick. <laughs> 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 Warm wishes for a happy holiday, Josh. Well, that's a good um, one. That's well, a really that good, good one. one. Well, that, that's actually a specific reference. I guess I have to tell the story now. Oh, I um, forgot that. Uh, the melted porno flick ref- refers to something. Um, there used to be a video store um, here in Los Angeles called Mondo Video A Go Go, and it, it's where you went when uh, someplace like Vidiot's wasn't punk rock enough for you. It was mm-hmm. really a, a, a seedy, filthy yeah. kind of a place. Vidiot's was one of the video stores in Los Angeles that you would go to because they had basically everything. Yeah, they had like all yeah. of the really deep cut cult movies. Yeah, we used but to have like wanted... four or five of those, and now we're we're down to like one. Well, last we have one, one but still thank standing. goodness we still have it. Yeah, we still have cinephile video and. and God bless them, but um, but yeah, if if you wanted something that was far off of the path that was already far off the beaten path, uh, you would go to Mondo Video a go go. And I went there once, and I rented a video called Rise of the Roman Empress, which was an X-rated film from the, the late seventies, uh-huh. which starred John Holmes, who was you know yeah. big big one of the biggest porno stars ever, and Cinciolina, mm. one of the biggest porno stars in Italy. Yeah, uh, who she, she she had this kind of like anti-Elvira vibe about her. She always wore like diaphanous robes and feather garlands and ah. held teddy bears. She was always like in character out in public. Okay. So this Chinchulina character was like a big part of her myth. Got it. And uh, she was elected to Italian parliament. Good for her. So she served in politics very briefly. And she's still around, Chinchulina. Uh, but yeah, I, I rented Rise of the Roman Empress. We watched it. It's, you know, a, a, an Italian porno film from the 70s. Uh, and it's pretty much what you'd expect. And uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, left it in on, like, the dashboard of the car 
uh, when we're, we're going to return it. She put it in the dashboard of the car and just left it in the car for a couple days. So it was already late. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, being in the beaten sun melted yeah. the uh, the cassette. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually, like, warped. It, it wouldn't fit into a VCR anymore. Yeah. And so I had to call up Mondo Video Go-Go and say, hey, I, I wrecked your tape. And there's like, well, that was like a one-of-a-kind thing. Yeah, there, there, we, there weren't we can't, a lot like, of those. We can't get another, like, everything in our library is like one-of-a-kind stuff. We can't, like, just go to Italy and get another copy of this thing. Yeah. So, uh, so I said, well, what can I do? So, well, you got to pay for it. 50 bucks. Which is, this, is like, this is like the late 90s. That was actually a lot. For, for, for really, really hard to find vi- uh, video, that's pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah. so I had to shell out 50 bucks. Like, well, just charge yeah. me the 50 bucks. There's that's nothing not, about that's it. That's not the smallest late fee I've had to pay. I suppose not. I, I <laughs> forgot I rented Waking Life. I spent over $100 on that. You actually had to pay it? I actually had to pay oh, it. Oh, no. It was awful. I'm, so I'm like, sorry. I could have just bought the fucker for yeah, like seriously. five times over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, but uh, we found later on, after I'd already paid for it, that we could transfer the magnetic tape inside, the reels, yeah. into a new tape. shell. The, yeah. the, the tape was okay. It was just yeah. a shell that had melted. So we did that. We printed out a new label. We taped it on. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to get my 50 bucks back. Let's just return this tape that we repaired. And they were like, wait And my girlfriend said, no, we, we got to keep this now. Oh, and okay. And I still have it to this day. Nice. <laughs> I still have the repaired uh, Rise of the Roman Empress. I had a, I forget what it was, but uh, actually I was, I had left a, a, a DVD mm. in uh, my car and I was going to return it to Cinefile. I forget it was offhand, but it did melt a little mm. bit in the car. It just warped enough that, you know, Can't the disc wouldn't play. Yeah. And I, I, ever since I've always been extra conscious of that. And I have had people like, like condescend to me like, oh, that's not a thing. That's a thing that's that a happened. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not. A typical warm day. It has to be really, really hot out for mm-hmm. that to happen. But that is not outside of the realm of possibility. That is a I, genuine uh, concern. I think with the advent of cell phones, like people are a lot more sensitive about what they're leaving in the sun. Yeah. And so I think it's happening less just because people were conscious of it. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, if, if you were a vinyl collector and you wanted to listen to records outside and you left mm-hmm. a record out in the sun, that that record's toast. That I ran from a cinephile that I lost like mm. that. It was like some obscure horror movie. I, I broke a video from cinephile as well. Once. I, I, and it, it was painful because it was one disc out of a box set. Oh, so no. to replace it, I had to buy the whole box set. Oh, that's so um, inconvenient. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a four disc box set, but it was still 40 bucks. Yeah, I didn't want to pay. It's not cheap, yeah. Mm. I hear it. It, it, was, right. it was Skydivers, the Mystery Science Theater episode. Oh, I rented that one because I had seen it before. Things. Yeah, and so we good. have a, a one more card here. Okay, so let's do it. Let me go through this one. I hope I could uh, entertain you with my Rise of the Roman Empress story. It's another card. It's a rather nice-looking, stylized Christmas tree. Oh, that's lovely. In, Look uh, at that. In green and purple. I like it a lot. On top. Oh, and there's a picture inside <gasps> of a kitty. Yes. It's a photograph of a cat. I want to see the cat. And Cheerio. No, you can't see the cat. No. 50 bucks. No, you can see what, the cat. What, what is that? Chichilina? <laughs> Chichilina's not in the picture. It's okay. just a cat in a bow tie. That's a handsome cat, that little, is. Little, little orange tail. Look at that Cheerio. Oh, my God. Beautiful. So this is from Ray and Cheerio. Cheerio's the cat. Hello, um, Ray and Cheerio. Bibbs and Whitney and the rest of your families and kitties, too. I sincerely hope life treats you all well through the holidays and on into the next year. I can't emphasize how much joy, comfort, knowledge, curiosity, and all-around goodness you bring into the world. You've helped me get through an especially difficult year and especially kept me in touch with my passion for cinema, even when I've been too ill to watch it myself. So much in love and appreciation for you both, and all you do, love Ray and Cheerio. Well, thank you. Oh, Ray, very I, sweet. I, I, 
I follow Ray on Twitter, and Ray is a wonderful uh, person, yeah. and Cheerio is clearly a wonderful cat. Well, it's after Christmas, but we'll definitely keep these next to like the Christmas cards. We will. Yeah, we will. And, Thank and you so much. We'll put them on display for a while. And this wonderful we, picture of Cheerio. We, we leave little... our Christmas decorations up for a few weeks, so yeah. we'll, we'll, these will gotta... have a nice home, but... Thank you, everybody, for writing in. That's so sweet and kind. Yeah, and thank, thank you for taking the extra yeah, effort. So and sweet. To the people who sent us gifts, that's wonderful. You did not have to do that. But mm. thank you so much. I feel, um, I feel a little appreciated, little, little, which is very hard for me to do. Little, right? little for Clint here. I don't, uh, I don't take uh, uh, compliments well, but I feel complimented, and that's very lovely. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Uh, that is not all we've got going for We've Got Mail this week, though. We do have some some old-fashioned emails. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I am eager to see what Whitney has, has cooked up from our well, I'm, from our from our email cookery. I, I just our makery bakery. <laughs> There's food and treats from the Pixie Pantry, the Good Witch's Bakery, and lots more. <laughs> Santa's villages, fun forest and fantasy all rolled into one. Look up Santa Villa's commercial. Oh, yeah. You know what the hell I'm talking about. That Only was, Southern Californians know what that is. No, but that was that was epic. Mm-hmm. Everyone everyone knew that commercial. Yeah. You can visit Santa in the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was this little uh, rinky-dink amusement park. Yeah. Way outside of San Bernardino. Yeah, it's a bit like, of a drive. It, yeah. Like, you'd have to be lost to find it. And, <laughs> and I remember driving past it once. I forgot where we were even Sam. going. It's like, oh, we got to stop at Santa's Village. No. You don't want to stop at Santa's Village. Yeah, it was it was a little mini amusement park for kids. It had a train, and yeah. you get to hang out with Santa Claus and a few mm-hmm. other costume characters. It was very cute, apparently. Yeah, I just were, never got to go. For food and treats from the Pixie Pantry, yeah. the Good Witch's Bakery. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Um, this is from Chris. Mm. Hey, hello, Chris. Uh, hey, Chris. Greetings. In 2022, mm. you published 45 new episodes of All Our Yesterdays. Uh, start off with season one, episode 24, we'll always, always have Paris featuring the memorable time shenanigans turbo lift scene where Riker, Picard and Data meet their time duplicates up to Captain's Holiday, uh, season three, episode 19. Yeah. You have done 173 out of 873 entries. Yes. So approximately 20% of all of Star Trek. You know what? That's we're, pretty good. We're a fifth of the way through. That is pretty good. So as long yeah. as they stop making it, mm. we should be able to catch up in a few years. <laughs> a couple of years. How long has it taken us so far? How long? We'll just have to do that f- four more times. Right. Everything we just did. I can't die until four this more is done. Times. If I die before this is done, my ghost will come back into these podcasts. Keep on maybe. talking about Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, great episodes to look forward to in 2023. Oh, some some mm. good ones. Um, oh, cool. What do we got to look forward uh, to? Remember Me, which is a Beverly episode. Yay! Uh, the Best of Both Worlds. You know what that one is. I do know that one. Uh, the Drumhead. I don't know that one. That's a, 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 you'll find out. Uh, Thanks, Whitney. That was very useful. Uh, Darmok. Oh, uh, Angelod? At, at Tanagra. Both okay. of them, yeah. Oh, <laughs> a Matter of Time featuring Matt Frewer as the time traveling, uh, the time traveler named Burlingoff Rasmussen. Nice. And the best Trek film, The Undiscovered Country, sometime around December. Oh, cool. We get the, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That is the best. That is my favorite Trek. <laughs> uh, you will reach Deep Space Nine around Q2 of 2024. Not bad. And finally finish TNG by the end of 2025. Okay. <laughs> so that's, and then, that's and, then just, a long... and then it just says it's been a long road getting from there to here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you, um, Chris. Extenuating circumstances played a part, and you were unable to hit the twenty 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 slash twenty twenty one combined average of fifty five episodes. Okay. Uh, because Paramount released fifty one new episodes in twenty twenty two, with another fifty expected in twenty twenty three. You will literally never run out of Star Trek material to cover. Time is the fire in which we burn. 
Signed, Chris. <laughs> quote from Generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. We have a Patreon podcast called All Our Yesterdays, and we are reviewing every single episode of Star Trek in order, including the movies. Mm. And yeah, that's a that's a long fucking journey. We've been on it for a few years now, but we've already gone through the complete original series, the complete animated series, the first five motion pictures, and we're almost done with season three of The Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty good. <laughs> We're doing all right. Yeah. I would love to be able to pick up the pace, but well, you know, there the, are extenuating circumstances. Because uh, production schedules picked up the way they did, yeah. we're dealing with a lot, just a greater volume of track at this point. No, they're point. releasing yeah. a ton of it constantly, so we're not really... Like, we're moving ahead, but I wouldn't go so far as to say we're catching up, because they're constantly moving forward. Yeah. It's yeah. like if you're... It's like what they say in Matilda. Have you ever thought about it? If you're, like, you're traveling at the speed of light, but then you turn on a light, mm-hmm. and then that's moving away from you at the speed of light faster than you are. Mm. Ah! <laughs> that's kind of what it's like to review every Star Trek episode. No, you just turn it on and think nothing happens. No. All the, all the electrons are left behind you. Oh, shush. Uh, here's a letter from uh, Human. Hello, Human. Human. Um, dear Bibbs and Whitney, uh, hope all is well, uh, and that you and yours are having a wonderful festive season. It's not often I have a gripe. Uh-oh. And hate to start the year off by whinging, but I was a little disappointed to hear Whitney's take on Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere. Oh. oh I, I haven't read Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere. I'm actually kind of hate Neil Gaiman. I'm not a fan of his work. Okay. Uh, but I did see a miniseries he did. Yeah, I, I saw did, the miniseries, uh, too. That yeah. he did, and... Um, yeah, I was you complaining critiques, about it. But yeah. I guess we're going to hear about it. Uh, it rather seems to me that you misunderstood the text. The residents of London, London below, uh, the premise was there's like this world underneath London. Yeah, fairy tale creatures yeah, and fairy, fantasy yeah. uh, beings exist underneath the modern urban world. Yeah, and, literally. Underneath. And one of the details I remember and something that I, I took issue with was that uh, the homeless people of London were secretly like these wizard people that had a spell around them, and that's why. Uh, uh, Londoners walked around and ignored them. There was a spell that was forcing it. It didn't have anything to do with, you know, class or society. It yeah. Was just, um, so that was the issue I complained about. And that's what uh, what the, the writer of this letter is complaining about. Um, okay. So it says, the residents of London below are not all wizards. There's actually no wizards at all. Uh, and the place itself is not pitched as a positive environment. Admittedly, there are magical residents and that their exception crucially are easily noticed by people in London above. Witness, for example, the fact that Richard, one of the characters, spots Dor, another one of the characters, when she is injured on the street and easily summons the Marquis de Carabas, the Marquis de Carabas, uh, for her soon thereafter. The majority of the population below are ordinary people who slipped through the cracks of society and are no longer noticed by those above. This may, is made very plain by the book, although it's readily implicit in the miniseries. Gaiman is not being irresponsible at all, and the protagonist is disabused of all his assumptions about homeless people and by society by the end of the tale. As an aside, I did like the symmetry of Neverwhere coming up after you discussed the new Puss in Boots film <laughs> that Marquita Carabas is, after all, based on the folkloric figure. Yeah. yeah. Um... Again, sorry to gripe, but Whitney was very dismissive of a text I am not only fond of, but have studied fairly closely. Mm. If the criticisms had been a bit more accurate, it would have been a more useful spark for debate, perhaps. Still, as I've said before, the amount of... uh the amount about which Whitney and I disagree is very much a feature as opposed to a glitch <laughs> when it comes to my enjoyment of your podcasts. Oh, yeah. if, if you agree with me, golly, what's wrong with you? That's uh, it's, not great. No, no, no. no. Uh, of course, uh, I feel the same way about agreeing with me. <laughs> I wonder, by the way, if it's too late to send in a top ten. You must both be getting a little weary of them by now. Oh, goodness. No, no, keep them going. Yeah. Keep them coming. It's all good. Um, is there um, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, 
God Yule, it's, excuse me. God Yule, och God Nyt Or, as they say around these parts. Uh, Here's hoping for a good year. Good Yule. It's like, oh, lovely. Yeah, good, good Yule. Um, Thank you. And I, I'm sure I just pronounced that completely terrible. You probably did. Uh, here's hoping uh, for a good year ahead of us all, Human. Well, here's hoping for a good year ahead of us all as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, nor, nor, from Norway, and, Norwegian. And, and you know what? Um, I saw Neverwhere as well. Uh, I never read all of it. I read part of it because a friend of mine had a copy and I didn't have access to it the whole time. Um, I didn't correct you. Um, we don't have time to rewatch and reread everything constantly. Yeah. And sometimes if it's been a while, we might uh, not remember every single detail or we might remember it slightly off. Mm. And I'm sure I speak for both of us when I say thank you for letting us know when we're off because yeah, we yeah. want, we don't want to be off. You know, we make mistakes like anyone else, but mm. you know, we, we like to be accurate. Well, and if we, if we misrepresented the text, mm. sorry, yeah, yeah, that, that sucks. Thank you for taking us to task. And it's, it's especially uh, important when it's something I, really dislike because yeah. if i dislike it i'm less beholden to it i feel like uh you know i i, I if if i took issue with a certain issue a certain detail in something that i'm that's what i'm going to carry with me and mm-hmm. if, if it's something that needs to be disabused then by mm-hmm. all means do well it's possible uh, like over time mm-hmm. the thing that you didn't care for just kind of rose in prominence and maybe isn't as bad in the text as just kind of the thing you glommed onto, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. Again, I haven't seen it in a long time and I'm sure you haven't uh, either. Oh, no, it's, it's been know. quite a few years. Since so, I've yeah. Seen it. And it sounds like it's clearer in the book anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. there's that. But in any case, yeah, when we're wrong, tell us. We want to we wanna be better. Yeah. So, yeah, if we, if we mess up, and again, sometimes it's a matter of opinion, but if it's a matter of it was in the text and we missed it, Mm. Whoops! Thank you. We screwed up. So wonderful. Thank you for running it. But I still hate Neil Gaiman. That's um, sure. <laughs> and I don't know him. I, I mean, not personally. Okay. I'm sure he's perfectly decent. You, human you never being. really cared just, for his work. No, I've, yeah. I've I read his book American Gods. And yeah, I, and I utterly hated it. It's got um, good ideas, but I don't think it's a great book. <laughs> I didn't see the TV series as a result. I, I like the Nancy uh, Boys. There was yeah, a sequel okay. to it. There was actually a more like condensed, like a, a yeah. not condensed. Um, a smaller story within uh, that universe. I thought that was pretty I, good. I read uh, a, a sizable portion of Sandman comics at the, yeah. at the behest of many of my friends who get really mm. in, deeply into Sandman. Uh-huh. Uh, did not care for Sandman. Not even the Midsummer Night's Dream bit? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, it's, it, it, it's, even though I was an adolescent, I was reading and thinking, this is adolescent. Like, oh, this, this, this is way too rudimentary. I need so something, something kind of smarter. This is not smart. You're so harsh, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. And, and I saw him read. Like I, I got to see him live once. Some some mm. of my friends dragged me to a reading. It was like, no, I got to get into Neil Gaiman. Seemed, seemed like a decent, laid back kind of a dude. But yeah, not not into the things he writes down. Yeah, they don't have to be. Uh, he wrote a novel called Coraline, which was adapted into a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had already read it because I read The Thief of Always by Clive Barker, which preceded oh. it and is very, 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 very similar. Uh, yeah, it is. So um, fair, yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not wrong about mm, that. That's yeah. true. All right, moving on. Anyway, we got uh, pretty much nothing but sight and sound lists, so I'm going to keep on going through some of these. Let's do it! Here's a letter from Starship. Hello, Starship. Ooh, hi, Starship. Uh, Hello, Bibbs and Whitney. The Rockmeister McCool is silent. Uh, (laughs) Oh, excuse me. (laughs) So, So, the... Whitney. Yeah. Uh, I was shy to send in my own personal top ten movies of all time list because, frankly, I'm not as nearly sophisticated and intelligent about film as you two are, so I'm oh, embarrassed by my picks. I pish re- posh. I, I really hope that was, like, sarcasm. I hope uh, it's sarcasm yeah. because you're wonderful. But I decided to go for it anyway. Be okay. kind. We would not be cruel. No, there's no um, point in being cruel. Unless actually. it's Space Jam. Uh, or Neil Gaiman. <laughs> if you have a great, listen, 
if you have a great argument to make for why Space Jam deserves to be called one of the ten best movies ever made, I would, I love, would listen. I would love to hear it. I would love to find out that there's like something I've missed, or there's an angle mm, at which you can look like, at Space Jam, yeah. which it actually becomes great. I would love to hear it. Mm. I have heard it defended from top to bottom by people who love it to pieces, and I've never heard a meaningful argument other yeah. than I liked it when I was a kid, mm. which I can't argue with. Yeah, that's that's not not something I can yeah. counter. It's like no, yeah. no, you didn't. No, that's I guess a personal you did. connection. That's yeah. that's, the, that's very personal. No, you didn't. You didn't that. love it as a kid. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. here's the t- uh, top ten list Let's from, do it. from ten to one. Number ten, Tombstone. Oh, good movie. Uh, Val Kilmer gives maybe my favorite performance of all time, and it never ceases to entertain me. I'm not a big Western fan, but this is the exception. Yeah, Tombstone's uh, a fun. I film. finally saw it. I finally saw yeah. it all the way through. And Whitney does not like, particularly like care for westerns, yeah. generally speaking. And uh, yeah. what did you think? Uh, I got very impatient with Tombstone. Oh no! I wanted them to, I wanted them to die earlier. <laughs> well, then you, like, then you'd hate Wyatt Earp. I, I suppose, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's version. even longer. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good movie. It's yeah, the, way too the long. The idea is like we're going to settle in on the small town. We're going to give up our silent ways, and like right at the start, I'm like saying that's bullshit. You're, you're gonna you're gonna start shooting people eventually, right? <laughs> This is, this is not about resist. Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, just get to that part. Oh, my just God. Just be walking down the street and for no reason just start shooting each other. Like, I want, want I wanted all the main characters to yeah. die There's one fast. thing Whitney hates. It's slow cinema. <laughs> Give me something action-packed, like Lof Diaz. <laughs> uh, number nine, Perfect Blue. Oh, great pick. Perfect Blue. That's a good pick. Uh, so wonderfully scary and surreal. It knows how to make you feel like you're going crazy along with the main character. Rest in peace to Toshi Khan, an yeah. amazing artist. Uh, Satoshi Kon brilliant is one, a really wonderful film. One of the best filmmakers ever. Perfect Blue is a very uh, uh, is a very dark and upsetting movie and there should be a content warning on it for people who maybe don't want to see some uh, kinds of explicit forms of violence, but mm. it is brilliantly constructed. Yeah. It mm. is absolutely harrowing and terrifying uh, yeah. and there's some there's some storytelling bits in that movie that I just think are unparalleled. Yeah. Uh there I never saw Millennium Actress, That's but really I, I but I like, like Tokyo that. Godfathers and Tokyo I like and I like uh I like the imagery in Paprika. I think um, mm. it doesn't hold together as a story very well. It's, but, you know. it's kind of thinly constructed as a story. I think their masterpiece, and it also has big content warning because there's also some very upsetting things in it, uh, is a TV miniseries they did called Paranoia Agent. Oh, yeah. Uh, I re- rented it once and never got around to it. Yeah, no. it's actually kind of hard to find now. But uh, or maybe it did get, I think it just got re-released. I could be wrong about that. But um, it is uh, truly a wonder and about something really, really interesting. And... N- Absolutely terrifying imagery and really creepy stories. Uh, but again, some really creepy stuff in it as well. So, fair warning. Uh, number eight is Alice in Wonderland. Um, mm. Oh, the, uh, the animated film. from the Disney from, from Disney. That's uh, a great movie. By far my favorite Disney animated film. I love mm. how it's both fun and whimsical and vaguely sinister. Oh, yeah. And the characters who at first seem uh, wacky are actually a bunch of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually really like Disney's Alice in Wonderland. I think uh, they did a good I, job with I, it. I haven't seen it since... I, I've never seen it all the way through, Oh, actually. interesting. I think I saw pieces of it when I was a kid. It, 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 they used to show clips of it like a lot, like on the Disney Channel and things. Okay. So you, that makes a lot of sense. But no, it, it's quite good actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot of those Disney animated films, I just never saw. Like I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've well, seen Dumbo. I haven't seen Pinocchio since I was very. Alice wee bear is interesting because it's kind of freed from the the need to have a proper structure. It's very episodic. Well, like uh, like the book. Exactly. Yeah. They did, but the point is, they didn't try to Disneyfy it too much, okay. uh, and it's actually it's just kind of a sur- surreal, little funny, weird, vaguely sinister thing. And I think okay. they did a good job of capturing that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Zodiac. Nice. <laughs> I love Zodiac. I love the performances, the script, the cinematography, and everything else about it. The basement scene still gives me the goosebumps. Very creepy scene. Yeah. I paint the posters myself. Oh so yeah. Says Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, it, it was um, uh, Ruben Fleischer, or 
Not Ripper Fleischer. This um, is the director. Um, uh, um, something Fleischer. The, Mike the, Fleischer. No, that's not right. <laughs> Max Fleischer. No, no. That's, that's the animator. I'm mean, gonna look uh, it up. It's gonna the, the actor who played. I've Roger interviewed Rabbit. him. How oh, do I know for his name? Because it's late. Because yeah, it's it's late. We're reading late. I'll I'll find it in a second. Uh, number six, Mulholland Drive. I Wait saw this when I was too young to see it and didn't understand it at all. And at the time, I just assumed this is what grown-up movies are like, and that's why I didn't get it. I saw it again years later, and it's a masterpiece. Charles Fleischer. Charles Fleischer, yeah. excuse me. Apologies to Charles Fleischer yeah. if you're listening. Great actor. Uh, but yeah, Mulholland Drive is is really wonderful. It's I, The story of how Mulholland Drive got made is astonishing, mm-hmm. given how acclaimed the feature film is, because yeah. that should not work. No, it shouldn't. It, it, it should it was be a, a complete mess. And it, it was actually a, it like, was holds a, together surprisingly well. It was a failed pilot that, yeah. the, that the network had no faith in. And Lynch was able to get the rights back because they weren't going to fucking use it. Mm. Reshot a little bit of it to give it an ending, which is exactly what he had to do for the original pilot of Twin Peaks. The original pilot of Twin Peaks doesn't work that way. Mulholland Drive does. Yeah, it's it. actually really great. Yeah, yeah, fascinating film. Um, no, oh, wait, and here's the film we were just talking about, number five, oh. The Vanishing. Oh, cool! Um, we were talking about that in the what podcast were that? We were talking about that when we did the uh, letter, the, the Iron List. Yeah, did yeah. That come up? Yeah, okay. Um, the Vanishing, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming you mean the Dutch version from Probably the late eighties. The, uh, the most unique mystery thriller I've ever seen. I love how much time we spend with the killer and showing yeah. him as so normal and not some monster looking in the shadows. He becomes more terrifying. Yeah, the original, uh, the original, are you still going? Yeah, he committed the horrible act he did just to see if he could. That one stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. See the original Dutch, don't see the American movie, even though it's by the same director. You know what, here's the deal. See the original American, uh, see the original version because it's perfection. It's super duper creepy. See the American version if you want to see, like, when people talk about, oh, they 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 gave it a Hollywood ending. This, they're like, this is Hollywood exactly messed it up. This about, is yeah. what they're worried about. This yeah. is exactly what they're afraid of. Yeah, worst case yeah. scenario of a Hollywood remake, basically. <laughs> yeah, the, when they remade The Vanishing. Yeah. Um, number four, Head. Oh, uh, cool pick. I suppose you don't know anything about... If you don't know anything about The Monkees, you'd probably hate it. But if you do, it's about the history of The Monkees. It's brilliant. We did a commentary track for Head. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we ended up not being able to use it. I, so the, there was some audio There was issue, a major audio so, track. Yeah, we weren't was, able to use it. It was in the pandemic, and we were doing it online. And uh, yeah, the, it didn't get recorded right. Yeah, and so, so we ended up doing something else instead. But the Head hmm. is the Monkees movie. And you, you might think it'd be like, oh, it's be like a hard day's night it's about yeah. the monkeys hanging out or whatever because the monkeys was inspired by a hard day's night anyway very so, much yeah. so but uh, no when the monkeys did their movie they did a freak out yeah <laughs> they did an acid trip of a movie. drug trip movie yeah, yeah it's fascinating and really really fun but it's man like it this is weird sort of essay that's deconstructing media and how yeah. the, the monkeys themselves are media constructions you, you know that bit in fear uh, and loathing in las vegas where hunter s thompson blacks out and like wakes up and like his entire like hotel room is obliterated in a way that like the guys from the hangover would be horrified for. Yeah. Uh in the middle of that, that's where that's head. <laughs> that's what <laughs> yeah. happened is head. That, that's the basically. blackout. That's Hunter yeah. Thompson's blackout was yeah. the movie Head. Yeah, yeah. Head is head is 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 a trip. It's Almost unwatchable, and uh, it's kind of weird. I, yeah. I can't like really <laughs> recommend it, but I think you should watch it. Anyway. Absolutely yeah. formless and bizarre, but it's like pure talent on display. It's just yeah. it's just completely aimless. It's wonderful. Uh, number three, Psycho. Great movie. Uh, it's not my favorite Hitchcock movie, but it's a damn near perfect. And when I first saw it at age six, that completely traumatized me. It yeah. would, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of glad I saw it that young, though, because I didn't. So I didn't know that the shower scene was coming for maximum fear. My mm. mom was not amused. And my dad <laughs> let me watch it. Mm. 
Hope your parents are okay. Well, they used after to that. show it on like Turner Classic Movies and American Movie Classics, and because mm-hmm. it was from the '60s, they let it air unedited. Yeah. And I saw. It, I didn't see it at six, but I saw it when I was in single digits. Yes. The good time to watch it because it won't be ruined by popular culture. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it just you learn about that movie through cultural mm-hmm. osmosis. Otherwise, yeah. people talk a lot about the shower scene. Uh, yeah. People talk about you know Bates Motel. Like, so the big, the big moments, yeah, the big sort of set pieces. Yeah. Uh, the moment, one of my favorite moments in Psycho is uh, where uh, Norman Bates mm. is pushing a car into a river, Great bet. and it doesn't sink. And you're f- afraid for him. Yeah. He's done some pretty horrible things He's in the movie at that point. He's a murder, yeah. and you're like, oh no, he might get arrested. Wait, this <laughs> or, Wait. Oh, wait a minute, that's what I watched. <laughs> yeah, right? that's, that's how insidious that movie yeah, is. Well, it's so great. That the car doesn't sink. That's one of my yeah. favorite scenes. Uh, number two, Clerks. Oh, good pick. Uh, again, this isn't my favorite Kevin Smith movie, but mm. I can't deny how great I think the script is and how perfectly it captures feeling stuck when you're in your early 20s and how mm. much customer service jobs suck. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's that's, it, that's, that's the magic, it's, it's still, I think, of It still kind of holds up. A lot of the j- yeah. jokes are offensive and dated. Uh, yeah, but, they were offensive even at the time, but well, now they, were, they seem... They were as, meant, meant to be offensive They were meant the time, to be offensive, but, yeah. but they, they seem more immature now, but it's about immature people. Yeah. So you get mm-hmm. some mileage out of mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, parts of it have, have aged kind of weirdly but the overall vibe that's what retail is man yeah yeah, yeah it sucks <laughs> it's, and, it's uh, being in limbo <laughs> and number one mm. is Picnic at Hanging Rock Ooh, that's a good choice that's uh, great this choice. movie is like a dream the girl's descent uh, up the rock is absolutely hypnotic mm. and I've never seen a movie dripping with so much atmosphere and dread as this one also it's homoerotic as hell yeah. which is always a plus for me uh, thanks for indulging me sincerely Starship yeah Picnic at Hanging Rock doesn't get talked about enough they did a TV miniseries remake a couple of years ago which was fine uh, but yeah, Peter Weir directed this uh, Australian film uh, about a, a bunch of girls at an all-girls school. They go on a day trip mm-hmm. to a rock formation for for a picnic. It's called called Hanging Rock. Yeah, and some of them go up Hanging Rock, and then they just never come back, and nobody knows what happened to them. And that mystery, that existential dread of just complete question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has ripple effects, and it's very, very creepy. Um, I did some research into the the story and the original uh, thing that it's based on, and uh, it turns out there is actually an explanation, and it's not satisfying. It's so much. It's left no, so much better. No, no, it's, it's so much it's, better yeah. if you never find out what like the author thought. Like it actually happened. Uh, it's, no, just let let the movie be enigmatic. It's you're better off. I assure you. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's a great movie. Movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We have pretty much nothing but top ten lists. Here, well, we have so, a little time. Yeah. Let's do. Let's do a couple more. Okay. Uh, here's a letter from Musa. Hello, Musa. Hi, Musa. Uh, uh, hello, gentlemen. Uh, because the end of the year is approaching, I figured I would write in with a top ten uh, of the year, a top ten of the year list. Oh, there you go. Different um, top ten. However, instead of doing my own favorite movies of 2022, I decided to write in with the best movies of the year that you did not cover on your podcast. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you two are only human, as much yeah. as you may try, even if you cannot watch everything. So take this list as possible recommendations. I yeah, love it. I saw. Um, I counted them out. I saw 161 mm-hmm. uh, new feature films that came out in 2022. Yeah, I, I which think... is a little higher than average. I think. Um, mm. But I also included in that number the films I watched for a film festival. Right. So I could some of them have are now technically yet. count yeah. those again when they actually come out. Yeah, I think I think my number was closer to 150, which mm-hmm. is about average. I like to do more. I know some critics who who do over 200, but I think 150 is pretty respectable. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So, but again, we don't have time to see everything. Mm. 
even though that's our job. We try our best, but we miss stuff. Mm. What did we miss? So we missed, uh, number one, The Legend of Maula Jot. Mm, gladiator- yeah, I, I remember hearing about this one too. I heard it was like one of the better action movies of the year. A gladiatorial revenge epic that has the potential to put Pakistan on the map if it can find a home video or streaming market. Some of the best performances of the year and the intense physicality of the picture is second to none. Yeah, um, yeah, I heard really. I, good I, I heard about heard it. some things about Malajat. Um, number two, The Big Four. I don't know this movie. An Indonesian an Indonesian action comedy okay. from the director of The Night Comes for Us. Oh, wait, I did hear about this. This guy kind of mm. snuck onto Netflix towards the end of the year. I oh, didn't call okay. a lot of attention. I meant to watch it, actually. I, just never right. had, I didn't have the time because I was catching up on everything else yeah. throughout the year. Uh, the action is as brutal as you might expect, but the movie is also hilarious and incredibly sincere and sweet. And when the action kicks in, it feels like a Looney Tunes cartoon with the physical humor to match the brutality. Ooh, that sounds amazing. Nice. Uh, number three, Carter. 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 Okay. Like, as as in get. Um, but not. Uh, I can honestly say I've never seen an action movie go for broke go for broke insane before. Shot in one long take, although the cuts are visible. Oh, wait, I did see It's this. about an amnesiac guy trying to rescue a girl with both government agents and Yakuza on his tail. Mm-hmm. It's one giant action sequence as the director attempts b- to both destroy and invent the language of cinema simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You'll either love it or it will give you a massive headache. I, 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 I watched some of this movie and it gave me a massive headache. Okay. Um, it's, did, it's, did, it's, how so would for, it compare to something like Hardcore Henry? I didn't see Hardcore Henry, oh, so I can't okay. speak to that. Um, I admired the virtuosic nature of it, but I found it a little exhausting. And I meant to finish it and review it in time for the show, but then I didn't, and it just kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah. So I, I saw some of it, and I was interested, and I appreciate it, but I don't think I was on the right wavelength that day. Okay, but um, it did seem pretty cool. Okay, it was yeah. just it was just it was exhausting. That's all I can say. Yeah. You know, I am getting older. Uh, number four, Baby Assassins. I, I think I heard of this one too. A slice of life buddy comedy about Japanese assassins fresh out of high school mm. who need to find regular jobs to fit into society, but they're both sociopaths who love killing. <laughs> As maybe the best fist fight I've seen in the last 10 years, but it's also really funny and sweet on the character level. Nice. I'm, I'm sensing a, a pattern. These are all like a, a lot of, of action of movies. A, action comedy films. Cool. Uh, number five Lost Bullet 2. Maybe the best car chase movie since Mad Max Fury Road. Wow, that's a statement. I also loved Ambulance, which Whitney didn't care for, but I think he'd at least be able to appreciate the drone camera work here, which feels mm. much less chaotic and more precise. That's cool. Uh, yes, please. Uh, I, yeah. I, I value clarity. I, I'm just going to um, say, uh, to lose a bullet once is a tragedy. To lose it twice <laughs> is carelessness. That's just carelessness right there. It's, uh, it's the sequel to uh, Stray Dog. <laughs> Uh, number six, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. I've heard of this one. This one I've heard of, yeah. Probably the most clever time travel movie I've ever seen shot in a single take. It's about a cafe owner who discovers his TV projects images from two minutes in the future. Made I heard this was micro really budget. Good. I have no idea why they pulled, how they pulled any of this off, but it's incredible. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I, I heard it was very, very clever. It's another one I meant to get around. There's so many movies. Yeah, beyond, beyond the Infinite Two There's Minutes. There's so many fucking movies. Uh, number seven, The Assistant, a Malaysian noir with action elements about a guy returning home from prison and investigating his wife's murder. The final fight scene is awesome. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Adrian Tay's work. I don't know Adrian Tay. Uh, not of hand, but I'll look it up. Uh, that's T-E-H. Um, yeah, I figured. But uh, he's one of my favorite modern action filmmakers, and what he does with this is pretty cool. God, I feel so negligent. Uh, <laughs> number eight, and I heard of this one, uh, Blade of the 47 Ronin, yeah. the DTV sequel to the forgotten Keanu action movie that you never knew you needed. Uh, it doesn't have a high budget, but the filmmaking is really creative and precise, and all the actors put in good work. Also, it has a really fun aesthetic. Yeah, I, I didn't want to see it because I didn't like 47 Ronin, the, well, the Keanu it, version. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't see But it's the first recommendation I saw, I've seen of it, so why not? Mm. 
Yeah, I haven't um, seen anything else Adrian Tay has done, but I have heard the name. Uh, number nine, Teen Titans Go and DC Superhero Girls colon Mayhem in the Multiverse. The best multiverse movie of 2022. Just oh. irreverent and hilarious and truly does not take any of this seriously. And in a superhero landscape where everything is supposed to be taken seriously, it's fun when a movie doesn't care. Don't know if you've seen any of the other Teen Titans Go movies, but it's kind of like Deadpool for kids. And think uh, kind of, and I think the humor works better in that kind of a setting. Yeah, I'm not the hugest fan of Teen Titans Go. I've seen some of it. Some of it's good, some of it less so. I think it's really funny. Yeah. yeah. I've I- seen... I don't watch it on the regular, but I've seen enough to know that it's really funny. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I liked what I liked, and what I didn't like was just sort of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I actually know some people who worked on DC Superhero Girls, so I haven't really watched that because I don't, I can't like critically appraise it. Is, is that a that's a, a show in itself? I think DC it was a show. Movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I haven't seen that movie. I'll look yeah. at the movie sometime. I just don't think I can review it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, number ten, uh, Gungabai Katiawadi, a Bollywood e- dramatic epic hmm. about a young woman sold to a brothel who eventually takes over and fights to end exploitation and the stigmatization of sex work. Okay. Uh, has lavish sets, beautiful cinematography, and Alita Bot gives one of the best performances of 2022. That sounds cool. Yeah. Gungobai uh, Katiwadi. Katiwadi. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been able to, like, because there's so much international cinema, even if you just focus on genre cinema, which is most of this list. Mm. Um, I used to be able to have to keep up with that more, mm. uh, and I I'm not unfortunately. Yeah, There's just too yeah. many movies out, and I I fall behind. And every once in a while, I'll see a clip or something. I'm like, that looks fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, I wish I had time to just watch nothing but cool action movies from from overseas. That'd be mm. neat. <laughs> Anyway, thanks again for reading this list, and thank you for another great year of podcasting. I might not agree with you all of the time, or most of the time, but you do at least help me think about and consider the art form in new and interesting ways. And for that, I thank you. All the best, Musa. Well, that's all we can hope for, really. I, 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 to reiterate, I, I don't want you to, to agree with me all the time. No. That's, you know, if, if you wrote in just say, I agree with everything you said, it's like... Well, thanks, I'm, but I'm, you, I'm you don't need co- me I'm now, glad we're copacetic, you? but yeah, you have you yeah, for that. We, yeah, uh, we don't, you, you, you have your taste. I yeah. don't need to reiterate you're just, that. You're just, yeah. you're just echo it. You're an echo at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, but it always means a lot to me when people say like they don't always agree with us, but they are interested anyway. Uh-huh. Because that means we're doing something right. Yeah. Because I think that's what art criticism in any form should be. Uh-huh. It should be an opportunity to hear people's perspectives and go, oh, interesting, mm. for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, that's why the, the majority of the people whose, like, criticism I actually read, mm. and I try not to read, like, too much because I'm writing it. I don't want to be yeah. overly influenced by other people's opinions. Uh, but the people I read are generally the people who, I don't I don't see it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but you write so beautifully. Mm. Like, I just, I want to know where you're coming from. And sometimes yeah, I'm like, I think you are completely wrong about this movie and have your head <laughs> up your butt but yeah. you had a very different take and I respect mm. that it, it's th- there can be a bit of um, and, and this is just like a, bit, a little bit of professional anxiety sure uh, that you feel when you read a critic that you really greatly admire mm-hmm. that you are just completely on the opposite side yeah. of the film about it can happen yeah, yeah it's like okay I re- critic I mm. respect and admire and have worked with and know personally yeah what are you thinking it's like yeah. what no that, I know for a fact that a variety of critics have that reaction to my work like <laughs> I've, I've had people like respected people going you are completely out of your mind for that review <laughs> but I stand by it I stand by it I you want you to, you stand, to by stand by it too by it. yeah you know? I wouldn't write it if I couldn't stand by it yeah, you know? it's, so. it's also really refreshing to read just either a, 
I'm not sure if you read Walter Chaw. Uh, oh, one of the best critics. <laughs> Walter Chaw is, is amazing. He's one incredibly of those, intelligent. Oh my God, please and what read I love, writing. What I love about Walter Chaw is that he is, uh, he, he's one of the bitterer uh, yeah. critics I know. Not not as a person, just mm. he, he has a very fresh take on a lot of mainstream well, Hollywood stuff. He's not, he's, he's not cutting af- through a lot of the bullshit. Well, he's not afraid to be negative. Yeah, and I think yeah. some people are. They don't want to come across as mm. too negative. And he isn't mean about it but when he says there's a problem here he will not only detail it in absolute clarity but he will write so absolutely beautifully and he will cut a movie to the quick yeah yeah Yeah. so walter chaw is really refreshing and and he's ripped apart movies i like yeah but it's fun to watch the rending no he's incredible (laughs) he's he's seriously one of the critics i look up to like he's just a legitimately great writer and if I were a better critic, I'd write more like that. That's how I feel sometimes. Um, but I feel the way about a lot of critics, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, there's well, so the, many brilliant critics out there. Yeah, and then there's uh, critics who are actually like uh, a, a lot more in just in sort of their writing demeanor, a lot more gentle and a lot, mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, emotional. I'm I'm very fond of Amy Nicholson as well. Yeah. Amy, Amy Nicholson is. It, it just in terms of demeanor, almost the opposite of Walter Shaw. She's mm-hmm. actually very fair, very even-handed, and she yeah. actually speaks very smartly to things. I rarely agree with Amy Nicholson. Yeah, I but I them love writing. Uh, no, they're love writing, reading, reading. Or writing. Yeah, they're they're brilliant. They're mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. And again, that's that's true for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, another letter. Oh, let's do one more. All right. Uh, here's a letter more. from Jinxie. Hi, Jinxie. Hi, Jinxie. Uh, dear Bibbs and Whitney, uh, while you both talked a lot about the points of everything everywhere all at once. I do think the queer part got glossed over. Oh, and this uh, what, is in our best of the year uh, we, podcast? Yeah, we, yeah, this is a very recent letter. This one came in today. Okay. Um, uh, this is more likely because of spoilers, which, warning, I'll be talking about spoilers. Okay, yeah, so... I was, um, I was trying to avoid getting into some of the details. One, with, one, but uh, you, you you ended up giving, like, a major plot point away anyway. But uh, the movie's been out for nine months. It's okay. But, uh, but, yeah. but one of the characters in Everything Everywhere All at Once is, is queer. Um, yeah, and it's Michelle Yeoh's daughter. daughter is, yeah. is queer. She has a girlfriend. And, and um, Michelle Yeoh is we, having we trouble adapting to that. Yeah, and, we didn't talk about that. In, no, in, but I actually think it's a really profound thing, so I'm glad you're bringing it up. Um, what made everything land everything land so hard for me was the mother-daughter story. Mm. I related it to it so much. A bit of background. I am a bisexual woman who grew up uh, to two very Mormon parents oh, wow. who have grown up uh, more passionate about their religion as I've grown older. This is while the LDS church is becoming more militant on the queer community. If I were to ever get married to a woman, I would be branded as ap- apostate. It's a, a religious term. I'm not too familiar with. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get out of term. It's 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 not considered a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it would mean my family should not have anything to do with me. That's yeah. Uh, there you go. My mother is Evelyn Wang about all of this. That's uh, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, mm. You're bisexual. You can just date a man. Uh, yeah. You're not dating a woman right now. What does it matter what my religion thinks? Why would people being why would people being crappy about drag shows scare you? You're bisexual. You'll be fine. Uh, when Jobu, Jobu Tubaki, who is Evelyn's daughter, says, wait, in this universe, you're still hung up on the facts that I liked girls? I knew I was in good hands with Daniels. Uh, yeah, it's like all this extraordinary stuff, and she's still like re- really homophobic that. about it. Yeah, yeah. Can't, all the uh, things, yeah. This is only reinforced at the climax, which I agree with Whitney. The fighting took uh, took away from a really meaningful moment, which I would have liked faster. When Evelyn goes, Joy is gay. This is her girlfriend to her grandfather, which seems like it's going to fix everything. I mean... That's what Joy wanted, right? But Daniels, thankfully, knew that 
knew enough to know that this Hail Mary pass by mom wasn't actually what Joy wanted. It almost seems like the movie is going to end with the daughter and her mother going separate ways, until Evelyn first lets her go and then apologizes, and they decide to give their relationships another chance. Yeah. I finally understand what people mean by seeing yourself in a movie. I love my mom. Mm. I travel at to every universe for her and the fact that she doesn't accept me and doesn't even really understand how to accept my queerness it's hard yeah. and this movie was so cathartic because of it it's probably going to be in my top 10 movies forever <laughs> i want to see it again after the dobbs decision leaked because i need that catharsis and the and wayman's optimism because in the face of a cruel reality all we can do is be kind signed jinxie jinxie thank you so much for writing in and that you're right we we i meant to get into that but it was such a huge topic we ended up well it was that out. It, we were also good doing a big list episode, so we couldn't yeah. delve in too too deeply. It was still we a three-hour episode. We could have found the time. <laughs> I suppose but, so. uh, but no, but then that's an excellent point. And I actually know people who, that was their big takeaway from the film, was, you know, a lot of people, some people are mm. fortunate and their families uh, accept their queerness. Yeah, yeah. And others are not. And a story like Everything Ever All at Once, uh, which is about finding that and reaching it pretty honestly, especially yeah, for a story yeah. as fantastical as this. Um, yeah, a lot of people find that really beautiful and mm. well, that's and I, great. And I, 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 yeah. I love, well, what I loved about the, the, the queer story and mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once is the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's not, it wasn't about how everything's going to be okay now. It's, mm-hmm. It was about how they found the way to take a first step. Yeah. It's about, it's going to uh, be work. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're going to have to, and the first step, was a bad one. She misstepped. Yeah. She actually did the kind of not the quite the right thing in that mm-hmm. moment. But that you don't give up because you had a bad yeah, step. Yeah. And you don't double down on it either. You acknowledge yeah. your mistake but, and you move on. Yeah. But the fact that she was in a place that she was able to take a bad step was mm. still moving forward. Yeah, it was a momentum, there's a, yeah. there's a line of dialogue from a really goofy spoof movie I like called Repossessed. It's a spoof of the exercise. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a very funny movie. But, uh, it's a stupid movie. It's, it's, yeah, it's really stupid. It's a slapstick farce. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. all, all, the, all the crass It's, it's the naked gun, but for the exorcist, basically, yeah. yeah. And, and it's perfectly fun. And Leslie yeah. Nielsen's in it. Yeah. But there's a bit where uh, one of the priest characters is like, oh, I don't know how to deal with all this demon stuff and I'm losing my faith. And Leslie Nielsen looks him dead in the eye and says, if you fall on your face, you're still moving forward. Hmm. which is supposed to be a laugh line. Yeah, but, but it's, it's kind of true. There's a weird profundity to that line. Yeah. So I, I think falling and falling over and being messy is n- not a lack of progress. No, it's important thing is you have to, mm. you're trying. Yeah. And you acknowledge when you screw up and you don't let that get in your way. Mm. Uh, you know, the Batman begins the line, everyone likes to, why do we fall? Yeah. Learn how to pick ourselves so, back yeah. up again. Yeah, yeah. That's also a good line. Mm. So, but, but yeah. Repossessed got there first. Repossessed is, I agree, <laughs> so, Repossessed is the so better version of Batman Begins. Christopher Nolan is a hack. I agree. He ripped off he Repossessed. ripped off Repossessed. No one's arguing that he ripped off Repossessed. <laughs> we all know he ripped off Repossessed. We all read that article yeah, yeah. in the Daily Beast or whatever it was that blew the lid off. Of I'm making that. Um, <laughs> that'd be funny though, right? Um, but no, you're right. It's a beautiful part of a beautiful movie. Yeah. And it, the, what I love about the movie is that it's full of so much stuff. We were able to talk about it for like, 15 minutes and we barely scratched the surface yeah. and it's in there and it's great and I'm so glad you mentioned it and thank you so much for sharing that and thank you for getting back to us so quickly about yeah, it yeah, yeah um, I'm amazed you I'm amazed you finished the podcast this fast <laughs> it only came out like a day ago yeah, like yeah um, I, I, I'm kind of lucky in that um, I I it's not that I had a family that accepted my queerness. Mm. It's that they told me first. Oh yeah, it was one of those things. Like, no, you, 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 you probably you're okay. You like boys, right? Yeah. Girl, boys, 
yeah. maybe a little. It's like, no, no, I, I knew that this was, you know, not really understanding myself yet. It's like, yeah. oh, you probably date just girls. It's like, yeah. no, you know, so by the time I was like 16, 17, it's like, no, boys too. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I you, you caught me dead to rights, family. Thank you. I, I'm in a, I'm in a different situation uh-huh. because I only uh, came to understand my own queerness uh-huh. really recently. Uh-huh. Uh, and you looking back, found the vocabulary for. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't have the vocabulary for it for a very long time. When I was a kid, you know, the asexual spectrum wasn't really mm. a thing that was discussed very often, and I really wasn't fully aware of it. I wasn't really aware it was an option. Um, so I didn't think I was. I fit into that, mm. uh, and it's only when I got to know more people who were asexual that I realized, oh. Wait a minute. And the <laughs> I'm, more I'm recognizing I look, something. The more yeah. I look back on like the things in my life, the more I realize that well, I'm not like a hundred percent asexual. I am on that spectrum and mm. a lot of things in my life make a lot of sense. And I realized that my parents knew something was up, but I don't think they knew what either. I think they thought I might be gay and mm. uh, they gave me a couple of moments like you, you can tell us, right? Mm. Uh, but that that wasn't where I was at, and I was in a different category a little bit. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, these kinds of narratives are hitting me harder than ever before. Yeah. But I don't, still don't think I've ever really seen myself in a movie. Yeah, not really. Some well, more than others. Occasionally, yeah, I see a I, part I, of myself. But like I definitely recognize. Um, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in these podcasts is mental health in movies. That's mm. something I'm I'm big on. And um, I will see people go through struggles that I relate mm. to. Like, I'll see Rebecca Hall in uh, uh, Christine oh. is a movie that, you know, I haven't been down quite that dark a road, but I recognize a lot mm. of the mentality in it. And that spoke to me very, very heavily. But I still don't think I've ever really seen myself. Yeah. And I envy people who do. That sounds like yeah, it'd be really yeah. nice. I, I yeah I don't I don't know what what it's like to, yeah. to see myself in, in a movie and if yeah. if I do see myself in a movie it's a character I hate so I don't yeah. know what that says about myself but yeah, uh, uh, yeah th- this idea that I'm supposed to relate to the characters and you're supposed to see yourself on screen is not an experience I've had I just realized uh, the, I forgot there was one time where I literally saw myself in a movie because the character eerily looked like me at that part of my life when I was oh. in high school and it was uh, in Scream 4 and oh, uh, uh, it was, um, it, uh, Rory Culkin Rory Culkin's character yeah Rory Culkin yeah. looked if you watch Scream 4 Rory Culkin looks eerily like I looked in, in high school I got the hair <laughs> the face like the, the sort of the longer face when I was thinner um Eerily, similar. like you could put my yearbook photo next to him, and you'd think it was the same actor. Um, the movie doesn't—it's it, it, not a flattering portrayal, uh, but there is a bit of me in that, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, but that is it for we've got mail this week. Uh, you can tell their voices are getting really froggy, getting get a little, little, yeah. little vocal fry, getting a little, getting some nice old timey radio voice. Uh, but listen, everybody, thank you so much. For writing in. Thank you, everybody who sent us cards. That was it lovely. Was who sent us yeah. gifts. That was really unnecessary, but it was so kind of you, and we'll treasure them. Uh, and um, yeah, you can always write in. Our email address is letters at critically acclaimed.net. Uh, Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Yeah, send us a physical letter to the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. And uh, feel free to send us more lists. We're interested in your favorite films of the last year, we're interested in more sight and sound polls. Uh, you know, we Feel free to ask us other things as well, but don't be deterred. Yeah. You know, if you if you want to send one in and you have any, please do, and we'd love to, to read it. 
Um, and uh, yeah, we're on Twitter at Critical Acclaim. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibel. Uh, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. That's where you can listen to that Star Trek podcast we talked about. There's seriously, there's like uh, at least 150 episodes or so, mm. like in the back catalog for you yeah. to catch up on. It just, it's a massive amount for a, a, a small monthly charge fee <laughs> whatever you want to call it subscription subscription mm-hmm. thank you it's late um but we have other stuff as well commentary tracks our oscars podcast um and we're very grateful to all of our patrons who keep this show going and of course if you're on patreon even for one dollar a month you get to listen to our shows ad free that's right which is an extra bonus so again thank you everybody for listening and yeah we hope you have a wonderful new year sincerely yours bibs and whitney